Right, you know, it's uh, it's Messy Church Day, and uh, the, the subject was Moses, and so I've uh, I got something a little couple of things to say. Not so much about Moses, but about uh, his parents. I'm going to read uh, Hebrews chapter 11 to you, and verses 23 to 27, and then I'm going to read Psalm 37 to you, or a few verses anyway. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 to 27. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, because they saw that he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. And then Psalm 37, verses 3 to 7. <coughs> and this is what we're looking at on Sunday mornings in Emmanuel. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord and trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and you were justice as the noonday rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him do not fret because of him who prospers in the way as I said it's messy, messy church day and uh, the topic is specifically about Moses and I would think that the, the passage of scripture which I read from Hebrews chapter 11 is a brilliant sketch of the life of Moses from his birth all the way to the Red Sea. And I want us just for a few minutes to look at two people, perhaps not so famous or well-known or familiar by name, but we know who they are, Amran and Jochebed. Amran and Jochebed, of course, which are the parents of Moses. Now, and I want us to concentrate on them because I think that the faith that these two people actually displayed is absolutely astounding. Absolutely astounding. No, we could think of their faith that led them into action. You know, faith leads us into action as they decided to ignore the command of Pharaoh and keep the baby from being thrown into the Nile. You could think of their faith as an encouragement to expect. You know, as they saw so much potential in this little child that backed the trend of the serious pessimism that existed among the Hebrew ranks. Can you imagine how pessimistic they were? They were in captivity. You know, they were under the heel 
of the strongest regime in the world. There was no way of escape, either by fleeing or by asking for mercy. It was a pessimistic scene. And yet these two, when they looked at a little child, they saw hope. There was expectancy in his eyes as they looked at him. Or we could think of their faith as an antidote to fear. You know, these people had lived for a number of generations in the fear of being trodden down and destroyed and going out of existence. But I just want to look at one particular moment in their lives, one defining moment in their relationship with God. The place where real faith came into being. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. You know, yet it is, there's the key word, the word three months. They kept him for three months. You know, and the question tonight is, how are we going to interpret these three months? They hid him for three months. Why only three months? Why couldn't they have a little bit more faith and hide him for six months? You know, and some people would say, um, would criticize these two people for a weak faith. A faith that would only stretch for three months. A faith that seemed to put a limit on God. But you know, when I look at it, I see a totally different story. What I see is a couple who displayed, displayed a tremendous level of faith, and therefore they, for me, have become a great example of the type of faith that I want to display. I believe that their faith and their actions are rewarded in the next verse of our passage. By faith, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That is the outcome of their faith. For Moses, you know, when he goes on to say that he chose rather the affliction of the the people of God, the reproach of Christ, rather than the riches of Egypt and the passing pleasures of sin. He chose Jesus to be his saviour, even though he was brought up in a heathen temple. You know, sometimes we, we got this idea that it's not fair for the Muslims because they were born and bred in a Muslim country. How, how can they ever find Christ? Well, you go out and find that there's an awful lot of Christianity that is blossoming in their places like Iran and Iraq. You see, we're not defined by our birth. God can overcome that obstacle. And he, he shows us this here. Who would have thought that Moses would have gone into um, the temple, not the temple, the palace of Egypt to learn his trade and to come out a Christian or to come out a child of God. You know, and here we can see it. That's what the example is or the the consequences. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And so what is it that these people have to show us? Well, to put it simply, there comes a time in our experience when we have to hand the baby over to God. A time to give it up. 
And I think this is the greatest act of faith that we read about in the whole of the Old Testament. When two people who saw a beautiful child and decided that they would go against the emperor of their empire for three months and then to actively let it go. Because knowing that now it's not in their hands but it's in God's hands. But can you imagine what it must have been like to open up the hand and set the basket flowing? This, you know, in this story, a time came when Moses' parents, to stop acting, to stop fretting, and to start trusting. You see, if these two people had had what some people would suggest a greater faith, and kept Moses until he was much older, then he would have been just another Hebrew slave. Someone we would never have heard of, a total non-entity. But, because they handed him over to God, then he was able to shape him, God was able to shape him, into the deliverer of the people that he was about to come. You have read Psalm 37, to you tonight trust in the Lord and do good dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness and here are two people who had fed on God's faithfulness they knew the type of God he was they knew the story of Joseph who had been let go let go by the family you know who would have known that the man that they sold to a Midian caravan would one day turn up to be the ruler of Egypt that would save the whole family from disaster. You and these people would have known how God works. He doesn't work like we work. His ways are higher than our ways. No, we would want to have kept hold of Joseph. We would want to have kept hold of Moses. And we got little things in our lives that we want to keep hold of because we know what to do. We know what's best. We know how to treat this situation or that treat situation. You know, we wonder sometimes why we get nowhere. When other people are getting everywhere, it's because they've handed over to someone who knows better, who can do better things, who's wiser, who's greater, who's stronger. And here they are. They had fed on God's faithfulness, realized who He was, how He worked, what He can do. You want the best place to put a baby is in the hands of someone who is faithful and able to bring to pass. That's what it says. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. And He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring it to pass. You know, I think that this is one of the hardest lessons that you and I could ever learn in our Christian life because such faith is displayed here effectively it takes our hands completely off the steering wheel now no longer are we in control, you know it's coming in the, the, the driverless car I gotta be honest I can't see myself sitting by you and looking over and there's no one there you know and the wheel is turning and uh, the gears are changing and I'm thinking I don't like this. You know, it's bad enough 
sit there maybe behind him. <laughs> but at least they know, you know, they can always turn over and give it a bit of a squirt if she's if she's heading for somewhere she shouldn't. <laughs> but can you imagine sitting down and with a driverless car? You know, and there's cars coming up this way at you with no drivers in it. You know, I don't, I can't imagine myself being happy there. But but that's what we have here. Moses or Jochebed has invented the driverless car <laughs> long before we have done today. You know, and then the whole of the control has been handed over to somebody else. We are no longer able to exert any influence upon the outcome. We are no longer going to have the praise for the results. The results are going to be down to God. You know when Jochebed launched this little basket into the raging Nile she no longer had any say in the matter of her son she no longer she could no longer have any influence over the outcome no longer was she responsible for the situation from now on this was God's baby under God's influence and now God's responsibility now when we do this two things will be guaranteed First of all, what we give to God will work out according to God's will and God's purpose. And secondly, God gets the glory. You know, Arthur Burt, who used to come here preaching many, many years ago, he said this, If God wants the glory, then let him do the work. Well, that's fair enough, isn't it? <laughs> That's fair enough. He wants, if God wants all the glory, and it seems He does, because He's not going to share His glory with anybody. Well, if He wants all the glory, let Him yeah. do all the work. You want, if Moses is going to bring glory to God, then let God look after Him. Let God guide His steps. Let God show Him where He needs to go. Let God show Him what He wants Him to do. Why am I going to get involved? I'm not going to get no glory for it. God is. And that's what have happened here. That's what have happened here. Now can you imagine what would have happened had they not handed the baby over to God? They would have spent their lives fretting, fretting, concerned, afraid that every knock on the door would find them out. Now can you imagine when Moses got older and decided that he would want to go down to Pharaoh, they would have stopped him. No, no son of mine is going to go down that heathen place. No, son. You are too precious to do that. You know, if they couldn't, if they couldn't prize their fingers away from him when he was three months old, then no one would ever get at him whatever age he was. And there he would have been a non-entity. See, the probability of Moses becoming Israel's deliver deliverer was nil if they didn't let him go in fact Moses would have had no idea how to start to address Pharaoh its culture and its protocol would have been alien to him because his parents would never have allowed him to immerse himself in such a heathen culture and so there would have been no preparation at all for this God given destiny he would have been a man without a mission. He would have been a man lost. Yes, he would have been safe. 
as a slave but he would have been nothing else we were not in our story tonight we can see that the opposite is true you know the basket is prepared it's made watertight it's made stable by hands that are shaking you know what Jochebed waded into the water and she had this basket floating by the side of her can you imagine, can you imagine what it was like you know she opened the lid and had a little peep and there he was chuckling away her Moses her little boy the one she loved so much the one she had brought into, into the world the one she had given life to the one she had protected even at her own expense and there he was just about to be torn away from her do you know I wonder I think I said earlier I wonder how many minutes hours perhaps she would have been in that water waiting for the moment you know it's like getting into the sea when it's really really cold you know just a little bit at a time and there she is and the whites of her knuckles have never been whiter you know because it's difficult to let go it's difficult for that it's easy to think about it and yes as you're walking down to the Nile you're thinking yes I'll just go quick but then you look at the baby and you think no I'll hold back a little I'll hold back and there the whites of the knuckles are gleaming in the sun and then all of a sudden they blush pink again and the basket is gone the basket is gone away he goes you know I got this little imagination that this mother is singing a psalm trust in the Lord and do good dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness and he shall bring it to pass you know how difficult it is to let go and I wonder how many things you and I have seen die because we couldn't let go but she did she let go and now God could shape the future of Moses as he wanted to without any interference from her and from him and the rest of course is history we've had a messy church today because Jochebed let go she hadn't we wouldn't have had a messy church but she did and we did no, oh she would have kept him from the influence of the comfort of Egypt with its idolatry and its pleasures and its riches how she would have cancelled his classes as an alien culture was taught in his class you know Egypt was not what these two lovely people wanted for their beautiful baby but God was now in control and look what happened by faith Moses when he became of age refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt isn't that amazing who would have thought that that would have been the outcome of a boy who had been brought up in the palace but that's God for us that's God when we don't interfere that's God when we can trust him with our lives with the lives of our children you know with the lives of our community 
That's God when we take our hands off the steering wheel and say, Lord, where are you going? Or as I said this morning, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I know what I want to do. I want to do this and this and this, but what do you want me to do? I wonder how many of us have said that, Lord, what do you want me to do? You want this a, a dangerous thing that's writing a blank check, of course. But can I trust God with a blank check? Can I give him a blank check, my, the blank check of my life, and give it to him and think, what's he going to do? Where's he going to send me? What's he going to have me to do? Can I trust him? Do you trust him? Do you trust him with your life? Have you handed over a blank check to him? But I tell you this, I tell you what will happen. You'll turn out to be exactly what he wants you to be. Once you've handed him over, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, he'll bring it to pass. You know, perhaps tonight, I'm talking to someone who have yet to hand over their eternal destiny to God but are tenaciously holding on to it because you know what's best for it I want to be in control of this you know I don't want to give this over to God what will he do with it? and perhaps you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ never, never owned him as your saviour never trusted him as your Lord but perhaps tonight is the time to let him go let it go let your life go give it to him because I tell you what he take you to places that you never dreamed of. Who would have thought that God would have took Moses to the palace? You know, it's like my father taking me to the Pandian. <laughs> Son, I'm taking you to the Pandian because I want you to know what life is like without Christ. I don't want this. This isn't a life. This isn't life. I want to be with Christ. Would have thought. Would have thought, but that's what happened here. Are you holding on to something that God wants from you so that He can fashion it and He can bring it to the potential that He's placed in it? Perhaps I'm talking to you about your eternal soul. And if I am, then don't hesitate to call upon the name of the Lord tonight and give Him everything that you have. And say, Lord, I've messed it up. Or I'm planning to mess up. So I'm going to give it to you. My knuckles are white, but now they're flushed into pink. Have it. And do with it what you want. You know, perhaps you're deciding something. And you need to let it go. You need to allow God some free space to do what he wants to in your life. You know, I don't know. You know, God knows, the Spirit knows. He can speak to hearts a lot more clearer than I am doing tonight. Yeah, just listen to Him. Just listen to Him. You know the story I told you many, many times ago, I heard it in Tom Revel uh, Assembly once, of a man who saw an Ells angel come into his church and, uh, and seen him saved, scruffy, oily, hair down your beard, out your tats everything and one day he said to the pastor I want to be baptised 
And the pastor looked at him and thought, oh no. He was dreading the day when he asked to be baptized. And he said, why, son, he said, why don't you go away and seek the Lord and ask him where he'd like you changed. You know, and the pastor would think, you know, an egg that'd be nice, a shave, a wash, you know, some nice clothes. But anyway, the boy didn't come back. And the pastor thought, well, it couldn't have been real. It couldn't have been real. And then one day, he heard a noise of a motorbike screwing up the, up the drive, checking the chippings everywhere. Off he got, with his hair bedraggled and greasy. Beard down here, touch showing, grease, everything. And he goes up to the pastor and says, Pastor, I've asked the Lord. He says, and he told me, stop biting your nails. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I've stopped biting my nails. And they were gleaming. And the pastor baptized him on the spot. I've I, I loved that. Like, that story, where you must have been, Ducky Dando, I think you might have been, or somebody, years and years ago, before, before Paul ever went there. And uh, it was, it's a story that stuck with me because it, it says so much. We've got an idea of how we should turn out. And I've got an idea of what we should be doing and, and everything. And God says, well, well, just stop biting your nerves. That's a good start. That's a good start. Can you imagine as he's looking at himself and he, he's filthy and stinking? Then he sees his nails. And then he thinks, oh, I'm going to do something about something else. And away. You know, and in a couple of months, perhaps, my imagination, he came in a suit and a tie. And a, no, I don't think he would have. But can you see what I'm saying? Let it go. Let it go. You know, it's going to be hard. You know, the whites of your knuckles will never be whiter. But once you've handed over everything to God, the peace and the joy and the rest. You know, that song, what impressed me about that song was one little line. Free at last, He has ransomed me. His grace runs his grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Who the Son sets free, who is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. You know, tonight, perhaps it's time to do business with God. You know, I'm not talking about outward stuff. I'm talking about you. Whenever I've, God has spoken to me and wanted me to change it, I've always been in an argument I've had with him when I'm on my own somewhere. You know, when I can remember the few arguments I had with him when I had a dog and I used to take the dog out for a walk. And I'd argue with God for the whole hour or two I was out. You know, when it's doing business, you know, when I, I, get, I found what I found is best to listen to what he says. It saves all the heartache and everything. So perhaps tonight it's time to do business with God and to hand him over them some of the things in our lives that he can do so much better with. And especially is so. If you haven't come to know him, then come to know him tonight. And give him everything that you've got because he's given you more than you'll ever know.